Welcome to Reawakening Love and Power with Carol Ann. I'm delighted to share this playful and deep conversation with my partner Shanti and our couples coach Belinda Wiley. I also want to let you know that I have a workshop coming up called Sensual Self Love, exploring how to use your sensuality and your connection with your body to love yourself in a tangible way and to take care of yourself when you're hurting or feeling lost. I'll provide options and there will be lots of space to do it in a way that feels good to you. Your agency and choice are deeply respected. It's online and free, taking place on Saturday the 6th of March at 12 noon Australian Eastern Time, which is Friday the 5th of March North American Time. You can sign up at carolann.as.me slash sensualselflove, and I'll also put the link in the episode description too. So back to this episode, by sharing a peek into my relationship, I want to normalize having challenges in relationship and getting support from a third party. Like Shanti says at one point, we find it normal to have a coach for sports and all sorts of things. Why should it be any different for our relationships? People need support. And I have so much respect and appreciation for the way Belinda approaches working with couples. You'll hear it not just in her words, but in her tone of voice and the energy behind it. She holds such a beautiful, powerful container for this work. What we share comes through the lens of our heterosexual relationships, our identities as men and women, and our life experiences. It also comes with a lot of playfulness and a decent amount of swearing, so if you are a yes to that, listen on. Belinda Wiley is a certified sex, love, and relationship coach who works with women and couples. Belinda specializes in bringing vibrancy, joy, and hot-as-fuck sex back to long-term relationships. She inspires each of us to prioritize our own pleasure. Belinda's guidance and practices are inspired by ancient lineages and modern philosophy. Above all else, you will find yourself held, heard, and honored when working with Belinda. And now I will share a special intro, which is slightly more colorful, from my partner Shanti, and then on to our conversation. Will you come join us for an intimate time with a well-fucked wife? Ooh, (laughs) it's gonna be good. We've got Pussy Magic and Banana Boy, and they're talking fucking and relationships. This is no laughing matter. This is good fucking times. Let's come and be together. That's so good, Carol. That's so good, Shanti. Oh, I love it. That's so fun. Thank you both for joining me. We have my partner, Shanti, and friend and couples coach, Belinda Wiley. And Shanti and I have done... 10 couples coaching sessions with Belinda. And we wanted to share a bit of a window into that to share a bit about um, what it's like in our relationship, as well as what Belinda has to offer in terms of couples coaching and how, um, as I really believe in the value of, of putting effort and, and energy into your relationships, both with your partners and with yourself. And so to share what that can be like. So thank you both for being here. Ooh, it's exciting to be here. <laughs> this is Belinda's officially her fourth time 
on reawakening love and power. She is a, a VIP. VIP on the mic. <laughs> Very important pussy. Very important pussy. You Very important podcast pussy, yes. <laughs> oh, VIPP. <laughs> oh, VIPP, yeah. Um, so maybe we can start by sharing a little bit about what it was like when we started because um, it was really when when I first suggested to Shanti that we do these sessions with Belinda, I really wanted to do it. Like I really, really wanted to do it. Um, how did you feel about the idea? I did not want to do it <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I think, I think you could feel, because sometimes when I want to do things, there's this like really like I need to, I want to, this energy of like, you really, you have to do it. Come on. There's like a real pushy, needy kind of vibe that comes through sometimes. Look, you, it's the same feeling that you have when you're around cats. <laughs> because like you, you don't want to come across as like, I really want you to do this. You want to be fair and yeah. open with your questions and you don't want to push. Yeah. But I can, you can feel the, the impetus. You can feel that like, I, I really want you to do this. <laughs> and I, I did not want to do it. I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> and also what he means about cats is like, I'm obsessed with cats and I'm like desperate for their attention. But I also try to play it cool because cats get really turned off by that. And so it's a real like internal battle and the cats still pick up on it. Carol loves all pussy <laughs> equally. <laughs> God, you too. Actually, everything you're saying makes such sense to me because this is my experience, you know, as a coach that often one is way keener than the other. Mm. And so one, and more often than not, is the woman and the partnership and the relationship and the other one sort of, you can feel that they don't want to be there initially and then once they get going. Yeah. Um, they realise, oh, okay, not quite. And, and I, this will be, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about this too, Shanti. Yeah. How yeah. your experience was and how what shifted and changed maybe here yeah, along the way. Mm. <laughs> I think my initial mm. trepidation was just, was thinking, oh, it's just going to be a bit of a gang up. I thought mm. Carol has a relationship with you. It's about improving me and changing the way that I am in the relationship, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's going to be, I, I just sort of wasn't comfortable with that idea because I didn't know you, Carol knew you, you guys had a, a, a background together. I was, you know, I was worried that that was what it was going to be. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to be part of a room full of like people saying that I'm doing things wrong. Mm -hmm. And well, I wasn't like that, obviously. Mm. We and from from the first session, it was clear. I, I think you cleared that up mm. from the first session that it wasn't like that. And even I think when I, I think in any of those dynamics, when you when you've got a third person involved, either Carol, myself, or you know whatever partner wants to draw that third person into a mediator role and, and, and bring them into their, yeah. their, their corner of the ring. And I didn't 
like you didn't go to either side of the ring mm. you, you and you also got rid of the ring <laughs> is, which was more yeah. important because yeah. you said and I think you said I'm, I'm not a mediator yeah I'm here to like create the tools for you guys to use and not get into the minutiae or get into the the nuances of your discussions it's about me helping facilitate a growth together there was one moment in particular when that really came through and it was it might have been our first or second session and Shanti and I had had an argument about something a day or two prior and I didn't I felt a bit unresolved about part of it and I brought it up in the session like can we you know this happened and I and can we kind of deal with this and you did such a fantastic job of like um, you didn't invalidate what I felt, but you were like, look, we could spend hours and hours mediating and, and, you know, rehashing individual arguments and not get very far. Um, and it, that's kind of like a, for you to, to act as a mediator on every little argument, every little niggle, every little aspect, even big aspects of conversations, like that's kind of exhausting for everybody to do it that way. But what you did such a good job of being like, look, you know, this is a, you, your perspective is valid, but the way that I can help you the best is if we really kind of go underneath and address the, the, build like a stronger connection between you two and less of these arguments will naturally arise as a result. You were really like taking us deeper to the root of things rather yeah. than solving problem after problem on the surface. Yeah. Does that, does that, uh, is that Absolutely. You... That's such a good point you make because I remember that moment. I mm. totally remember that moment. Mm. And I remember thinking afterwards, Oh, I hope Carol, and I thought I did, but I hope Carol, heard me that I wasn't trying to just that whole what you were bringing, but I thought let's just get it going at the very beginning because yeah. most often people will bring you everything that's not working. Yeah. And it's like, that's almost like the old therapy system, mm. which a lot of people are used to going to. They go mm. along, they say, this isn't working. This isn't doing. What should we do? Da, 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 da. Whereas I want to come in and this is what I try to do right from the beginning. This isn't therapy. It's, coaching i'm here you're here we've i've set the container for the three of us to regulate co-regulate together mm -hmm. and find something that works so well for you and i've got lots of ideas but let's see what's going on for you what's working now what's not and then we'll go from there and so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's quite a different thing i think coaching because yeah. i'm very mindful that you've two separate people but you are a couple and I think mm. I brought that up right at the beginning that yeah. you needed to make a decision that you're in this together yeah like both feet in yeah because often if one's not quite there yeah and they never quite get there the coaching container is it doesn't quite work really mm. I think and you know that quite quickly mm. in the first few sessions yeah mm. you just reminded me why I made the decision to, I think, to invest. Uh, I think uh, maybe I was out surfing or I, I, I'm just trying to remember where I was, but I remembered that I was thinking, well, you invest a lot of time in, in practicing 
all of these different activities in reading books and Carol's asking you to invest time in the relationship and I thought that was a, a real thing of value and, and something that I needed to invest in and because it was something that Carol You'd, you'd brought it up. You'd brought up the couples therapy and, uh, well, not therapy, sorry, the couples coaching. And like at first, like I was like, oh, I don't want to do it because of all the reasons I mentioned. But then I thought about it. And it takes me a little bit of time to digest and think about it and also get past the fact that you're sort of like, oh, I want to do it. <laughs> but and then get past that and then understand that it's about, investing in us and investing in our relationship mm. and I was just going to say the way that you dealt with when that was brought up I think that was probably one of the things I was afraid of um at, at initially was that 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 an argument or a disagreement would come up and I'd be the bad guy mm. and the way that you handled it meant that I had trust in what we were doing and mm. that I I didn't think, oh, this is a uh, a catchy mouth type mm. relationship. This is about working on tools to to invest in the relationship, and that's when I think it it deepened my trust for for the coaching sessions. Mm. I feel like couples often have been conditioned into that right wrong thing. You know, someone's got to be always right, and someone's got to be wrong. And actually, I just, I actually think everybody's point of view is valid. Mm. And so I really hold that space. It's really, it's key, actually, because whatever you're saying is what you're feeling. And, you know, each of you. And so it's just about often just reflecting that back to you and then each other hearing each other. I think that's the key piece that I try to facilitate. That's why I use those practices and take you through things so that you can deepen your connection and communication because they're mm. the key two things that often uh, people forget to work on. They mm. meet and it's all fabulous and it just all fit, you know, fits together really well and there's you know, excitement and turn on and all that sort of stuff. And then suddenly things start to waver a bit and that's when you often get into right and wrong and what's wrong mm. with me and, mm. you know, he doesn't get me. And then it's about bringing you back into, okay, what did you like when you first met each other? And let's yeah. just start reminding each other of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I, I would say that we already had pretty good communication, mm. relatively speaking, to start with. But there's always, it's hard, like, even though I have all of these tools, in my own coaching practice, there's so much benefit to having a third party or an like an external person to hold that space for you and support you. And there's always more kind of honing of those communication skills. And there's something about just being held and guided by you that really makes things kind of land in a new way and that we can practice it um, especially because when there's like emotion coming up for the, for me and Shanti, it's harder to kind of think clearly and access. Even if you know, like, even if I know um, that I should pause and feel into my body and 
slow down when we're having a tough conversation. When I'm in that conversation and my emotions get activated, it's hard to like remember that and access that. Mm-hmm. And so having you there and being like, okay, now let's pause, feel what's happening, slow down. It kind of like helps to build that habit and that culture in our relationship in a way that I couldn't completely do for myself with just my thinking brain. Does that make sense? Yeah. And also humans just generally, they, um, you know how we do, we talk, you say something and your partner says something back, but actually to have someone else sort of hear it and then offer it back to you just just succinctly or short and sweet, it sometimes just lands in the brain and, oh, I've been heard, I've been witnessed. I think we humans really crave that just to be seen in that moment for what we are. Um, Yeah. It's quite a key piece that coaches can offer, as you would know as a coach yourself. So same piece in couples. And I feel like a lot of um, what would come up in sessions, you when we would kind of talk to you about how the previous week had went or things had happened, in talking to you, I would realize, oh, we're actually doing better than I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that that like reflection from someone that is so helpful that really helps you to see things that you can't see because you're living inside them. Um, and that, that other thing that you were sharing, there is that the co-regulation aspect that I feel like we were able to have work through some topics that are pretty charged for us, but having you there and you being like calm and present and loving and centered helped us to access that same calm, present, loving, centered kind of energy in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really, really mindful when I work with a couple <clears throat> of their nervous systems, you know, how they're relating to each other, you know, mm-hmm. cause you can feel it. I mean, you, you would know in your own relationship when you're feeling riled yeah. and you're chilled and often you don't realize it until it's reflected back to you or you're with somebody sitting to the side, like I have been. And then you can sort of say, Oh, I'm noticing I'm feeling something here. And which you may not say to your partner, but you're saying it as a, so I can hear it as well. So yeah, it's a very powerful tool to be witnessed. I think Mm. that's what I I keep saying that just that that's, that's the piece I hold. I was going to say also Carol being a coach and she may, I mean, you've got the tools, the communication tools and, and a lot of the things I think you already know, but if they come from you to me, then mm. it's, it creates a differential. It creates yeah. a, an imbalance. And if it's coming from you, then it's almost like a, a, a coach or a teacher. Mm. Whereas like when it's coming from outside of us, then then there's room, there's more room for it to, for it to be heard, particularly mm. for me. Mm. And I think maybe for you, it, I, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I think for you, it, it probably just reinforces. Yeah. So it's like a message that you've heard before, but then you're hearing it again and you go, oh, yeah, you know, it kind of clicks. Yeah. Like it's a, instead of a, just a, a tool that you have, it's a tool that you're applying at that time. Yeah. 
And having the support takes the pressure, the support from you, Belinda, takes the pressure off of me to be perfect and know all the answers and have all the tools. Yeah. Which is yeah. really <laughs> helpful when I, for something yeah. when I'm inside of it. Yeah. That's a big piece. It's a mm. really, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I just think, yeah, I think particularly coaches, coaching coaches, that's <laughs> quite interesting. Because <laughs> so often we just don't have that space to be, yeah. be heard, you know, and in a relationship, because I'm, you know, same for me, I'm a coach and I'm married and my husband, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I just know how he feels because he often says to me, I haven't got the vocab. I don't have the connection and the community. I mean, I mean, he's learning lots of things with me, obviously, but, you know, he never had it at the beginning. And so it was almost like a mismatch. Not yeah. saying you didn't have great communication skills, Shanti, because you do, but I'm just saying just with, um, you know, when you're actually a coach, you sort of tend to hone in on them a lot. So it can be a bit of a mismatch. But it, clearly with, between you two, you know, it didn't take long before you just, sat back and just no. did your thing and I held it. I mean, yeah, there, there is going to be a difference because, Car I mean, Carol's whole being is centred. Well, that, that, that's sort of the core to what you're doing. And for me, like this communication, relationship, sexuality, all of that kind of thing. And for me, I mean, it's a, it's a bit more fringe. So there's mm. going to be a, a difference there. Mm. But uh, when we come together in the synergy mm. of a, a coaching relationship and that sort of triad, then I think it it, it equals the playing field mm. and it takes away the Carol's a coach. It takes away what I do mm. and it just becomes a conversation and not you trying to... Uh, give any lessons or, or you know share any of your knowledge it's just we're both having a conversation and Belinda can help guide that mm. yeah and Belinda you do it in such a way that it's it's gentle and spacious and um it just feels really good to be together with you there's not a lot of pushing or you got to get this right you got to fix it you got to do it this way it's, it's very like Ooh, yeah, let's feel that and <laughs> make some what? What are you laughing? No, I'm just laughing because I just wanted to say moist for some reason. <laughs> We've been waiting for this. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was actually going to say we there's been a lot of playfulness, there's a lot of lightness, and there's been, you know, there's been the whole range of emotions, of course, mm. as you would yeah. expect in any coaching. But um there's something about lightness, which is great. And I do find this, um, if I generalise here, uh, the, yeah, that's what guys want to do. They want to just keep it a bit light here. Yeah. It's always been a theme with all the couples I work with. They just want to have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke and, yeah. you know, which is great because that's, you know, that's what guys and, and girls can do it as well. Women can do it as well. But sometimes we can, this is my experience, and for myself as well, you know, we can take things quite seriously, just generally, and forget that we're getting a bit serious about it. And then yeah. suddenly there'll be a pop-up of some sort of moist or, yeah. I don't know, something will pop up or you'll say something like, and it just reminds me, reminds everybody, oh, time to have a bit of a bit yeah. of a shake and a bit of a giggle. Yeah. Well, I just, I think 
the playfulness. And I remember I did a retreat with a guy called Playful Monk and we were doing like a three person, like a, I think it's a triad and one person witnessing another person talking. And then I think, so there was one person, a listener, a witness and someone talking. And I remembered how heavy like people were just like offloading their entire life worth of shit. And it was like, fuck, this is so fucking heavy. And it, and just people, you can hear people just bawling in the background. And I'm like, Oh God, this is so depressing. As a pun came to mind then. Anyway, um, <laughs> I won't tell a joke. Um, so what happened and I, I talked to a friend of mine and a really close friend of mine. And I just remember he, he'd done a lot of this sort of speaking and he was talking about the same issues and getting into the same depth of conversation and make, you know, connecting with me and, and everything that was going on, but it was a real sense of lightness and laughter and smiles. And I was just like, Oh, it's just so much more receptive to this than is <laughs> like, it, instead of having like a 20 kilogram concrete bag just sort of beaten over your head, it was, it was sort of like, it was more like being tickled with a feather and, and allowing that, that space for some joy yeah. around the, the stupid fucking shit we think. <laughs> I mean, like it's ridiculous. Some of this, I always think that we're just big children in adults clothing and we, we, are. we, we take these issues so seriously we're like my issues are so fucking important <laughs> and realistically if we get a bit of perspective we're like oh fuck. i mean i'm such a child <laughs> <laughs> and and getting that perspective from a friend and just bringing that lightness it really mm. it it makes a difference to for me personally i won't talk for anyone else to receive the information because it can I mean sometimes people just yeah they just offload and it's just like concrete bag concrete bag and you're just like I'm getting crushed and and then when there's some lightness and laughter it's like oh you know I can take this it's just yeah. some flowers being you can deal with the same stuff but yeah. it makes it much more accessible and, and doable and yeah enjoyable and, yeah yeah and not everyone's open to that people I, I think, you know, some people want to take their shit fucking seriously. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of swearing, but I don't. It's a good point. It's a really good point that you bring up. And, you know, everyone is very different. You know, yeah. some people are just used to making things quite light and jokey, depending on your upbringing and everything like that. And other people are still seriously caught up in some really heavy-duty stuff, you know. Mm. I, I mean, as a coach, I, I just whatever is presented to me, I have to validate in that yeah. moment. It's yeah. really important yeah. um, because that's their reality in that moment. Yeah. Um, is that, yeah. yeah. So everyone's different, but yeah, I mean, I've had, yeah, I've had some, yeah, it's, it varies. If I think about the coaching work that I'm doing, that I've done, um, you know, not everyone knows how to be light, even mm -hmm. guys. It's a, yeah. I generalized before, but even guys can get quite heavy down on a particular subject. Mm. Um, it's usually around. Eh? Definitely. I agree. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you said dick. 
Just for context for people listening, before we press record, Shanti was having a lot of fun speaking naughty words directly into the microphone. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I think he always bringing up dick now, so I'm gonna have a laugh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you said definitely. <laughs> No, but my point is sometimes some of the subjects around money, um, yeah. that's a good one, actually. That, um, people can get quite serious. They can get almost more serious about money than they can about sex. Like there's, when we start talking about vulnerable things, sometimes that's when the lightness can come up. But when it comes to money, some people, yeah, look, both. Sex and money seem to be the two that people can get quite, mm, but then it's individual. It just depends what the what the deal is between the couples. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with people no. taking and, and that's where they're coming from. If that's the yeah. space that they're in, then, and, and I, I don't criticise any of the people at that retreat that were coming at it from that angle. It's just that it was more difficult to take. Mm. Yeah. From my experience, I was more open to it it left it gave some levity to being able to bring my because i didn't want to go into their story because it just felt like a shitstorm it's like a maelstrom of 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 like depression and i didn't want to go in there whereas when it was present when it was allowed to be a bit lighter i was like okay i can go into this and i can Mm -hmm. i can hear it more i can feel it more and i can be more present and i'm not like getting the cross out and going, fuck, get away, you know, like it's, it's, it's easier to, and, and that's not, I, I think people come from where they come from. If people need to be that heavy, then like, you know, you're not going to criticize someone, but it was just more difficult for me mm. to be in relation with those people and, and take in their message and, and feel what was going on for them. Well, light, lightness and playfulness is one of the things that really matters to you. It's something that you yeah. really value. Mm. And that's one of the things that we wanted, you know, at the beginning when we were talking about what we wanted to get out of the coaching um, our kind of two biggest, most common conflicts are around money and uh, household chores. Mm. And I think there was a desire with us, especially for you, I think, to, to find, be able to, to find that like lightness and playfulness Yeah. when we would discuss those subjects in particular. Um, mm, definitely. And so that it was, it was about money and household chores. And we were also wanting to, cause we've been together for a little over four years now. Mm. We've got, we've got like a fairly solid foundation, but we yep. wanted to bring a bit more like sparkle and, aliveness back into our sexual connection too so those were those were the main things that we, we, we wanted, wanted to. some hot fucking <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> of course and do you think i'm going to ask you this question do you think that um because this, yeah i see this a lot but do you think that when you are not getting on well around money and um, household chores and things that has an impact on your sex life, on your intimacy? I think 100% from me. The heaviness of it. The heaviness of it affects, it's like a really shitty friend that hangs around and smells bad. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. and Good when, analogy. <laughs> I got it. When, when, when we were, and, and you helped us bring that levity, when we, my dad described it once, I remember I was doing well in maths and I wanted to learn other subjects well and do well with those. And he said, it's like you've got a candle lit, now you just need to move it into the other rooms and, and take that candle and I think we already had the candle lit, so we already had mm-hmm. illumination, but we yeah. wanted to then take that candle and illuminate and, and bring the levity, mm. bring the lightness, yeah. light, ah, good pun, <laughs> to money and chores. Yeah. Because, I mean, fuck it seriously. Like, Those arguments would get so heavy and so yeah. like. But they're um, just so stupid. Like emotions would go up real fast, real quick. And then it would become a thing that it was like, because money was already such a touchy subject, if yeah. it would come up again, it started to get like, it would kind of go up quicker and quicker each time. I don't mean your arguments are stupid. I mean, like when I think about when I, when you start getting to perspective, when you start going, oh, that three months ago, I had this argument with Carol about some, like, did you hang out the washing? Uh, oh, it's gosh. like, why why is who gives a shit like just hang it out i mean come on it took you it takes about 15 minutes and you're going to have a discussion which is going to cause discomfort sure it's like good to address things and yeah. but to come at it with a heaviness it's it makes me it's almost like comical to get yeah. so upset about it yeah and i think the thing is that the work that we did with you belinda it wasn't like okay, so who should hang out the washing and how are you going to blah, blah. It was like finding, it was focused. I mean, that, that was like part of the reason we were doing it, but the focus was on really getting a solid connection between us and understanding on a deeper level what's, what's like really going on with mm. those things. And we were talking, you were saying before, Shanti, about... Um, we're just like children walking around in adult bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite things that we did towards the end of the 10 sessions was when we did the process where we each met the other person's inner child. Mm. So we got to, and I think that's, that was like so key because when we have, like when our arguments get heated, it is because those like younger childlike parts of us are the ones getting activated and speaking and to be able to see that for what it is and have a shared language around it was so helpful. Hmm. You agree? Oh yeah. I, I mean, for me, it was more less of a child. It was more my adolescent self that, yeah. that came up and needed some, needed some nourishment and needed to be heard. Yeah rather than, I, you know, the specific younger part of my childhood wasn't, wasn't really a theme, but definitely that, yeah. that adolescent stage was. A, yeah, in, in, you know, that time. In that, that time, moment. yeah. And the thing that I loved about the way that you did it, Belinda, was like you made it clear that we still have respond, like the primary responsibility for our own inner children but that we were bringing it to light and sharing so that we could, we could take care of each other in better ways, 
but while still maintaining responsibility for ourselves. Mm. There's something about a couple that you come together for a reason. We don't always know why, but there's a lot of, you know, yeah, it's quite a big subject on that one um, around what, what we come together for. I mean, we think it's just you know, mutual attraction. You smell good, I smell great, we're going to fuck or whatever, and then we're going to stay together. Yes, yeah, smell is actually quite important, Shanti. He just sniffed me. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but actually there's a healing that goes on that's often the piece that people don't understand and which I often mm-hmm. talk about. And so once you've made a bit of a com- commitment in your relationship, um, yeah, you're going to start learning some things and some things are going to pop up. And so when we go into that inner child work that you were talking about, mm-hmm. it's much easier for an adult to relate to what a child says. Like if a child says, oh, I really need this, I really need that, then most humans go, oh, okay, I'm happy to do that. But when an adult can say, well, I really want this and I demand it, two adults are like, well, hang on a minute, and they pull back. So the whole, when you meet each other's, and we do that over a two-week, process is um you start to see that vulnerable side whether it's whether it's adolescence or you know young young it doesn't matter it's just Mm. you're not an adult yeah and you didn't have the uh, awareness you didn't perhaps get what you needed at the time whatever it was from the adults around and so this plays out in our adult relationships and then you get two people together and they start both playing out their their inner children and if an adult couple can see this and can do this work they're like oh wow and it's like you can actually you've got something to work with without sort of going what the fuck what's got what's wrong with you you know you're acting like an idiot yeah you know Mm. so this way you're sort of more on a level and this is the connection the communication as I talk about and you start to see each other I think that that's such a beautiful point too because we do all have like an individual responsibility for our own healing Mm -hmm. and, and growth, but there is so much healing and growth that can happen in relationship. Like you're never going to perfect yourself, which is not even a thing, but sometimes we get this idea that like, I have to, you know, fix this and fix that and be fully confident and all blah, blah. Before, all, at all times. before I can have like a really good relationship. Yeah. And you do such a good point. You such need to have point. some, you need to have self-responsibility, but mm-hmm. when some of these things, like a relationship will give you the perfect opportunity to yeah. work on it and to heal it. And so like, you don't need to fix everything before being in a relationship. You just need to, keep tending to the relationship and that will show you what needs attention and what needs care. I think that that's super liberating because I remember before, I think I, you know, we had broken up from a long-term relationship a a while before we got together. And I was like, I need, I need to fix these things Mm -hmm. before I get into a relationship. And I think for people to understand that you don't need to, be a hundred percent before you get into it. I remember saying that to a friend, like my very close friend. And he said to me, he goes, he said, if you like, if I, that he, you related to himself, he said, if I was going to do that before I got into a relationship, I would die single. 
It's a very valid point. That's a really, yeah. that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because, yeah. I mean, who's perfect? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I'm working on myself continually because it's just my journey and I love it. Mm. Um, and then in my relationship. But it's not everybody's journey. Like, you know, mm. that, that some people don't, don't even focus on it. Mm. And so we're all imperfect humans, let's face it. Mm. Um, and it's just about, you know, where you want to put the emphasis. You know, if you mm. want, what do you want together? What do you want to grow together? What are you wanting? And that's what I normally ask people. What are you wanting out of this? You know, mm. What do you need? Yeah. What do you want to work towards? Because yeah. it's not going to happen in 10 sessions or five sessions, but you're going to get a hell of a lot of good tools. Yeah. I mean, some of it does. Like you get, you got the feeling of what's going on. But then it's just keeping on doing those things and making them like, to me, they, they're, to, to me they're life skills. Mm. Like they're relationship mm. life skills. We didn't get taught any of this stuff, at least I didn't. Mm. Most of us only got learnt from our usually our primary caregivers mm. what how relationships look like mm. um and with the if you have they had good ones or what you thought was good and you got what you needed maybe that was okay but plenty of people yeah don't so as an adult you know it's up to you to take some responsibility and not yeah. blame and shame anyone i did, i wanted to make two comments on that because uh, when the thing about being a teenager, I remember when you we were introducing the inner child and you're talking about you can hear more from an inner child. I remembered when I first described my inner child, it was in a, a bit of a deprecating way. I said a petulant, emo, whingy mm. teenager. <laughs> yeah. And then throughout that, uh, when we were doing the listening and the witnessing and all of that, I, I grew to really understand mm. where that, because I had this, this silly idea of what what teenage boys are like and then myself and not a very positive relating to that side of myself. And then um, when you're speaking about the example of relationships with that we were modelled, I remember in, in one of my first relationships, as in, well, mostly an adult, basically an adult, around 18. And I remembered that I thought the way that you had discussions was to yell at each other mm. because that's kind of the what was modelled, you know, it was it was the, not the, the, the sort of back and forth of, of listening to each other and, and being heard. It was like to get your point across, mm. it needed to be shouted mm. and... You know, there's a, it's been a big journey from then to now, but it's uh, it's true. We don't all have that language. Mm. We don't. Mm. That's why this work is profound. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. Just imagine if the whole. This is part of what I love about it. Is imagine if. Yeah, people hear this podcast and and because a lot of people say to me, I don't even know you people like you existed. Mm. Like people know about therapy. They know about therapy. Something's wrong. We go to that person. Often it's a mediator type person and they just keep spiraling down into, you know, this is not working and make each other wrong and someone's listening and you're just going nowhere. Um, sometimes people just need to be heard and witnessed for who they are and what's each, each person in front of the other one, mm -hmm. but in a way that they have to learn to listen. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, I give you those practices whereby I teach you how to take time to even put a timer on, you know, it seems sometimes for people it's a bit sort of clunky and, you know, 
and sort of a bit too automated. But actually, once you know how to do it, you don't have to put the timer on. But it's like giving each other time to speak without being interrupted. Mm. Because as you just said, Shanti, you know, if you've learned or had modeled that you have to get your point across by being yelled at or just going for it. And yeah, I had a similar experience too. Um, that's what you do. And so this is like showing you a whole new way, mm. um, which you have to practice. You have to practice new things if you want new results. <laughs> I, I feel like the thing that you help us do is to create a culture within the relationship, like a, nice. a way of relating to ourselves and each other. And um, that culture feels really supportive and, and mm. healthy and like there's a good foundation that I feel like if, if more things come up that we can handle them without getting as um, intensely activated, that we can kind of stay connected to each other and, and like heart to heart through that. I think Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. I think, and just I'm, I'm going to move with your point, when you're saying when we become activated, there's been a few times where it, it, it happens and I think it's it's difficult to stop once it gets started. It's mm. like mm. In, in meditation they talk about like a train or a locomotive. I think locomotive is the feeling of a freight train. There's a lot of weight behind it. It gets a lot of inertia. And when we would we start down that road of uh, getting irritable and not communicating then what we've been able to do more recently, instead of letting the train get into full speed and it'll just plow through all the snow, the trees, it'll just <laughs> run over everything and it'll derail before it stops because it's on full, full speed. We've been able to just remember a couple of practices and just pause and, and, and short circuit. And the, you know, the train still rolls on for a little bit, but it, it slows down mm. that it, it that it brings that space like it stops that train from getting too far down the road and then there's some space to communicate yeah. uh, one of the practices belinda gave us and i thought was probably one of the things that i really enjoy to practice when we're communicating and sometimes i just do it uh with you and, and I've remembered it a couple of times is to give two minutes of explanation and then a, a few breaths before we respond. So we're not reacting where, and it, gave, it, it gives that just that time to take the charge mm. out of the language mm. because you can hear a point and it can go, <laughs> and then, if you just like take a couple of breaths and sort of ground you a bit and, and also giving the time for you to finish your sentence, it just gives that, it just takes a, you can still express yourself and give the whole idea of what's going on for you. And you can do it in a way that's not so charged and it's not going to be hurtful or in, in something that can be heard by your partner. Mm. Mm. I remember now what, I, yeah, this is a beautiful point and leads me on to saying, 
you're creating, you were talking about the, um, the culture, you're creating this culture within your relationship. You know, I mean, you've both come from your own backgrounds, your own primary caregivers, and you learned those sorts of things. And now you're creating what you want. You know, you've got those pieces, you take what you want, and then you're creating some new stuff. And I think that's what excites me about the, this, this coaching. This is changing people's lives. You're creating a whole new model for your family or whatever, or the people in your world. Um, and I, I, this, is, this is going to change the world. You know, like, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's, it's powerful, isn't it, when you start doing something different because what you were doing before wasn't working, wasn't getting you the connection, the love, the sex or whatever, the passion. And now you're doing some new things. You're experimenting and trying and trying on the things that work for you, like you mentioned, Shanti, and doing more of it. Um, that really ah, just gives me a lot of, oh, my heart just feels really expansive when I hear that. Yeah. I think the kookaburras are joining in on the podcast. Are they? Yeah. They, I hope that they don't cover over what you just said. because No, wasn't... they won't. Okay. But just the birds are... are um chattering they're, ex they're excited too i love cooking yes oh, they're bringing they're bringing it. the levity they're into it yeah. they are they are they're bringing the levity yeah i love the cook of us yeah. um i feel like that that is really it is really important work because i think as humans it's one of our most deep core desires to be truly intimate with other human beings to be seen for who we are and loved and accepted in that that's like one of the deepest yearnings that we have and it's so beautiful to be able to cultivate that in our relationships and and the the things that we learn in the coaching in our kind of like romantic partnership I can those things kind of still apply in my friendships and in my relationships mm. with my family and that sort of thing and I do feel lucky that my parents modeled for me I saw that they would put effort in to their relationship, that they would take time out and devoted to that and work on it. And that, that is one thing that I'm very grateful for having mm. that modeling. And that's one of the things that I'm taking and building on mm. in my own life. Um, we've talked a bit about the, the kind of conflicts and, and, around money and chores and, and communication and connection. There was also the aspect that we worked on around finding that kind of sexual spark again. Mm. And that I, I do, I think they're related though, especially from, I mean, I'll speak for myself in that when we have a good, like heartfelt communication and connection, I feel more attracted to you. Mm. That's like, if we're, if we've had a disagreement, it takes me a while to bounce back. Yeah. to want to connect again but you definitely don't want makeup sex it's not some people are into it but for me it's like no way i need to feel safe yeah. and connected again before me i'm too. interested in that that it's makeup not, sex thing is very interesting isn't it that is a really interesting because i'm not into that either well it's not what turns me on so yeah i don't know i'm really mm. I think I think attachment styles probably have. I think that's a big piece to it. Yeah. I think I that's right. Well, I thought maybe because anger is such a, a potent mm. energy. Mm. I, I, don't think we, I don't think it's a negative energy, and I think bringing anger 
I think if you could positively bring anger into sex, it'd be pretty fucking hot. That's interesting. Right? Like you could like alchemize that energy and harness it. Well, it's just it like if you ever peer into and and really sort of put it under the microscope what anger is, it's a it's a mix of stuff, but it's it's a very potent and intoxicating mm. emotion. And if you could bring that into sex, it'd be pretty Obviously, you don't mean in like a physically hurtful way. No, I but mean like the I mean, energy of the, the fire I mean, of it, and the, like explain a bit more about what you mean. Well, say you know you can go in. There's varying degrees of anger. You know, there's this sort of annoyance and irritation, and then it goes mm. to anger, mm. and then rage, and then it can go as far down the 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 whole the rabbit hole is is at once but i mean the the bodily energy I, if you get angry you try try and go to sleep mm. or, or try and do anything and try and rest you mm. can't because you're so fidgety and but if you can i guess synthesize or or funnel that that energy of anger into a sexual experience mm-hmm. you can it'd be i like the word alchemize alchemize yeah. is a really good way to put it yeah yeah that and is possible that's yeah, definitely possible direct it to turn it around into a sexy sort of yeah it'd be yeah you can flip it it'd be pretty fiery i don't know if that's what bdsm is i've not done bondage stuff but and or, or pain and masochism and all you know well, i mean bdsm is masochism but just that different that re re rechanneling you know diverting that river of anger into mm. into something like sex could be not that we've we've tried that but I, well what that what it makes me think of actually is if anyone listening if you're like kind of curious about this go back and listen to the episode I did on emotions with B because she is a a magician let's just Mm. yeah of of working alchemizing the energy of emotions in that way and you'll get a feel she for is. like how you she can is. harness yeah. that she's incredible i remember yeah. like having that conversation yeah. with her and just being like oh oh the possibility it's yeah. really exciting yeah. also carolyn elliott uh I've forgotten who work. Mm-hmm. i've just gone blank existential kink. um existential kink yeah yeah she talks a lot about that and you're mm-hmm. angry and flipping it around yeah. yeah so yeah it's definitely possible but you know we're all we're all got different, different you flavors. know different yes different ways that we operate and and generally you know for me obviously I've been in a marriage for 37 years I've been with my partner for 40 years and so you know we're in our 60s and 70s so um and been together the whole time, mm. like in a monogamous heterosexual relationship. So um, there's still so much. It still blows my mind that there's still so much possibility to play with around sexuality and sensuality. Like yeah. there, it's just so many things you can play around with. I mean, anger's one, and um, I'm still working with the heart and the pussy and the, you know, and sort of just experimenting and playing, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's wide open. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, Belinda, what you would share about um, keeping that sexual spark alive after 40 years. 
I think the first word that comes, which you've already mentioned, is playfulness. Yeah. I've really noticed I've had to get lighter, Mm-mm. a lot lighter mm-hmm. um, around it and a lot more playful and experimental, mm-hmm. a lot of experimenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband is up for it. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit, well, what's wrong with the way we're doing it? And I'm like, well, you know, it's not working for me. You know, it's not like you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. It's just like, I obviously need something different. So let's try and, you know, are you up for trying different things together? And he is, and he was. And so that's where it goes. I think just being um, open to shift and change and doing different things. Mm-hmm. from because once again i just don't think anyone is taught how to have orgasmic blissful sex i mean mm-hmm. when i grew up in the 50s i mean it wasn't even talked about for god's sake well not 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 in the people that i ran you know the people that i ran with um no one really talks about it even today no one, i mean in my world in the coaching world we talk about it all the time yeah. but just generally yeah. you know people aren't sort of saying oh hey how was your day? And did you have an orgasm last night? And what did you, what did you do? Did you have a blowjob, your hand job? You know, like no one's talking openly like that. You know, I mean, I can do that to the couch, come home with my coaching friends. Yeah. Um, but, and people yet are so freaking curious. Yeah. They want to be able to talk about it, but they just, society has put such a, They've made it so they've actually made it really difficult. There's so much conditioning around being too sexual, particularly women. Yeah. Because that's how we all brought up. You know, it was just too dangerous actually to yeah. show all of that sexual self. Yeah. Uh, and still a lot of women dangerous feel like that. To the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I got in my jab at the patriarchy. Smash the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just a system. It's nothing against men. It's a system that we've been, that's been around for thousands of years that we've all lived under. And there's a shift and a change and a crack. Yeah. I mean, we can. Cracks in the system. We can hear it. Yeah. I mean, we can see the. Yeah. We can see it. We can see the issues with. You don't need to be a woman or a man to to see the issues that come from an unbalance or a an imbalance between the two energies and, and the, the sexes and one being held down and one being popped up. Mm. You can see it in the way that like men are good in certain ways and women are, are good in other ways. Like we have differences and we have similarities, mm. but propping up only one idea has led to a mm. lot of you know, things being sort of perpetuated like environmental damage and, and disconnection from, particularly for men, emotions, disconnection yeah, from. it's a huge piece. Yeah, and it's still, it's still very prevalent. And you see it in kids still that a lot of things have changed since when I was in high school. You know, homophobia is, is, is significantly less. And it, you talk about sexuality and, and the kids of the new generations are more open to it, but still there's that idea of a man and this is what a man is and Mm. a man doesn't cry and a man is not talking about emotions and that don't let's not talk about that shit you know it's Mm. uh, just just suck it up yeah get a get a bag of concrete in you and drink some water and harden the fuck up yeah yeah Yeah, don't be a pussy 
Yeah, don't mm. be a pussy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's still around, but there is way more conversations now about it. And also a lot of people, even I noticed with my own adult sort of kids in their 30s, you know, they might hear their father say the odd thing that sort of sounds slightly derogatory and they, and they just they just have them on straight away, you know. Um, and Dennis, my husband's actually really obviously being married to me, you know, I'm catching him and pulling him up all the time. But there are a lot of men of that age group, 60s and 70s, and obviously that's the crowd that we hang out with, and they are still really tight, like really mm-hmm. like... It's in their body. It's, it's no. just ridiculous. Why should I? Why should I be different? Why? You know, what's all this? This meat, and they're still anti the me too. And we, you know, everyone's trying to make us all wrong. Now we don't even know what to say. And there's all this sort of ooh, yeah. real victimhood thing going on, yeah, which is massive. sort of interesting. So um, that's what I notice in, in some of our groups. They're not our closest friends, but it's just generally around still. Mm. But it's shifting. They so. are the the prolific commenters on news articles yeah particularly around transgender oh. around rape around women's rights yes. uh pay gap equality and all of those things racism everything racism mm-hmm. and okay. there's this stoic sort of stubborn position like yeah. i shall not be moved mm-hmm. and yeah absolutely yeah, I think in certain circumstances to be stoic, uh, to be stubborn and to be held to your beliefs is a good thing, but also leave some room to be open and to hear other ideas. But I think in this situation and particularly the toxic ideas that have been affecting all men and, you know, the the men are having heart attacks, they're, they're unhealthy, they don't, you know, for some men, the thought of yoga, doing some yoga is mm. still such an odd thing. Mm. And I stretch every time before I go for a surf and you still get people just their minds are blown <laughs> that you would do some stretching. It's like that's what women do. You know, this fucking mm. old, this is, I'd say, crusty. It's such, And that's what it is. It's a totally crusty idea that like, and, and those are the same guys that end up injuring their shoulders, their knees. They have heart attacks because they drink piss and they eat heaps of meat and they're all anti-vegan and fucking, and they break up their marriage because they can't communicate with their wife. <laughs> he, I, I see them. They're like, oh, fucking veganism and, oh, you know, these anti-racism and, and like there's no patriarchy and I, I treat women with respect and then like, there's no communication with their wife and then there's com- no communication with mm. their body. It's just it's like, mm. oh, yeah, no, it's what it is to be a man. Mm. Yeah, and, it, and I mean, for those men, I just almost feel I can sort of see they're in a lot of pain. You yeah. Know? They're Definitely. in a lot of pain because they are, as you said, holding on. It's almost like they're holding on to the life void because yes. it's everything they've known and like it's like it's, it, the world's shaking for them and, and that's yeah. what people do. They hold on tighter and almost get more vehement. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm sort of laughing now. And then the people, I get a lot of people saying, oh, we haven't got a problem in our sex life. You know, we're, no, no, we're all good. And then you can see them, they're all venomous towards each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just so angry. It's like, woo, really? Well, maybe yeah. they're getting off on anger. I don't know what they're getting off on. So yeah. a lot of people just really struggling with almost 
not being honest about what's really truly going on for them. And um, yeah, and a lot of people get to a stage in their life and they're like, well, this is how it is. I saw my parents doing it. They were unhappy, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a big piece. If you're not, if your parents were unhappy and they were yelling and fighting until they were 60 or 70 yeah. or 80 or when they died, well, you know, it sort of normalized it for a lot of people. Actually, I'm not, I'm not buying into that. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've changed it all for my whole family. That's yeah. what I look at. Yeah. Even though I feel a little, it feels a bit edgy for the way I live my life now and where I live, I don't know that everybody gets it, but I don't care because I actually know this is the new way. I started doing yoga 35 years ago Mm. and it was woo-woo back then. 35 years ago, it was woo-woo and I was teaching lawyers, um, you know, top, you know, the the partners in law companies. And um, I remember one of them saying to me, oh, we really love this, but can we call it something else? (laughs) I'm like, you can call it what you like, but it's yoga. Um, (laughs) Because they didn't want to tell anyone. They felt embarrassed because they were getting jived all the time. Their their Mm. bloke mates were saying, oh, what the fuck are you doing yoga for? Oh, you probably you pussy, whatever. I don't know. And yet they knew it was good. So that's 35 years ago. So I'm hoping that I keep talking about sex, that we all, as many of us can, and that it will sort of make it easier to talk about, and people will be you know, all going to sex coaches or whatever. Yeah. What What do people usually, when you're working with couples, Belinda? What do people usually come to you with? Like, what are the main things that they're experiencing and wanting to work on? Yeah, just they've lost their spark mm-hmm. more often than not. Um, you know, some of the more like I've worked with, I've worked between yeah twenties up to about sixties, and yeah. The older ones are we've lost our spark and we just we're just roommates, we're flatmates, you know, and it's like we're a bit sad. The younger ones more about the connection. They might, they've got this sort of sex going, but then they've got these issues in the fa- in the house. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of building up resentment. The resentment builds up because you're not connecting and communicating and then it falls into the bedroom. Not totally, but they haven't got quite that far down. But once you're in your sixties and the resentments build up it's affecting the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I also wanted, I just wanted to circle back on what Belinda was saying about those men and with that sort of patriarchal idea mm. and in a lot of pain and yeah. you can see because they don't have the practices. No, right. there's, they're mm. not being taught mindfulness or how to deal with emotions, emotional intelligence that yeah. they get the divorces and then you're ending up with a lot of men committing suicide or no, I don't not committing suicide taking their own life mm, yeah and I don't like the word committing because I think that it associates it with a crime mm. but taking their own life and because they're not because they don't have those skills and because they're so stuck in a mindset they're clinging so like you said they're world shaking they're gripping onto mm. these the the toxins, which are the whole thing, which is causing a lot of the issues, the d- division in society, the disparity, the problems with their, with their wife, with their siblings, with, in being so close to that, that does, it, it is a, it's hurtful to anyone to cling on to toxic ideas mm. and not mm. be open. Mm. And the other piece, just to add to that is that, Um, and this is my experience working with some men, it's very, um, they feel very embarrassed in front of their, they can, they admit it in the 
eventually, there's um, a sense of I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because that's part of the conditioning yeah. of a man to be in charge. That, that's that system, the patriarchal system. I, you know, man's in charge. I'm the breadwinner. I'll do it all. I'm not saying there's anything right or wrong about that system because it's all shifting and changing now. But um, that, if that's your upbringing and conditioning, you know, and then your wife says, well, actually, I'm not that happy. Can we do something about it? Mm. Naturally, they're going to go, I've done something wrong. Mm. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm, I've got it wrong. This is often what's internalized. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, I don't want to do coaching because that's really going to shine me up. And then I'm going to look like more useless than I think I already am or now I'm feeling. They may not have been noticing it before, but as soon as yeah. the third person like a coach comes in. So there's a lot of that. So, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that when we were talking right at the beginning, you said that you were a little bit, you didn't really want to. Mm to do it, Shanti, you know, and yet Carol was keen and you, but then you sort of had a shift of like, oh, I can see I wasn't yeah. taking sides for a start. Yeah. And also I don't think there was any shaming. I, yeah, Cause no. I didn't get the impression that you felt like anything was really wrong with you per se, but um, I was meaning some, uh, some of the older men that I've um, coached with, they're a little bit more conditioned yeah, is what I was just trying to get yeah. that piece. Yeah. yeah massively. Mm. Mm. Mm, you do such a beautiful job, Belinda, of, of holding that space and making it feel like um, it's not like one person versus the other and who's right and who's wrong, but really yeah. just that, like, how can we, we find our way back to each other? So what, what would you say is like some of your like favorite outcomes from working with Belinda? I think it's hard to narrow it down. Mm. And I'll go a bit general because I can't think of specific. Okay. What I think and no, what I know we've been given is a strengthening, sort of like a, a hardening of tools. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like you have a piece of steel and it's it's quite malleable and it's mm. sort of there's been a, a hardening of that steel to the, the toolkit. So that the, the, uh, the spanner's a little bit more solid and we can turn the bolts a bit easier. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it's just funny that you use such a tool-oriented response. But just the, the, analogy. I mean, it, it's exactly what the tools are, right? Like it's a, it's yeah, just yeah. a tool. And we've, we've been given a lot of things which bring spark in our sexuality, like the... Sacral support. Sacral support. Mm. I, I was struggling with that one. And some of the other practices that, we, that we've done with Belinda is, is sort of together. I mean, she, Belinda wasn't part of those practices. And then the communication parts to giving more space. And on the, so I think one part is a, a deeper understanding of where each other and including myself mm. is coming from mm. with that kind, with that inner child mm. and then the inner child work. And then with you understanding where you're coming from mm. with the inner child work mm. and also with where you're coming from in that moment as mm -hmm. well. So the, the mixture of those two things mm -hmm. plus the communication tool. So I mm -hmm. think really there's, we had, tools 
we just didn't always apply them. And that's what I mean yes. by that hardening, that tampering of the steel to, yeah. to become a used, a, a tool that is used more mm. often rather mm. than one that's a little bit when we get in an, into a, a, a difficulty that we go to turn the nut and we've, we've forgotten about the tool and yeah. it's sort of like flopping around the nut. It's not. <laughs> yeah, there's traction. Yeah, there's traction. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. There's mm. definitely, definitely traction. Mm. The wheels are on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I, I agree with all of that, but I'm, I'm finding that we are arguing less. Like there are certain things that I, I notice myself tense up and worry that you're about to get upset with me about something and you just don't. Or like when we have, we, you know, we have to figure out, you know, it's time to do some house cleaning. It just like doesn't escalate. We just kind of deal with it. Yeah. There's a better, there's more owning, Mm. owning of our own emotions around those things. Yeah. And also, so there's that ownership. We're taking radical responsibility, right? Taking ownership of our own and then communicating Mm. better. Mm. And allowing space for not just getting impatient and, and just saying, let's just do it. It's more like there's more malleability around it. Yeah. 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 And the, I, I also, I really love the sacral support practice and that, that yeah. really, that's one of the, like, it really helps us connect to that, that spark in the sexual energy. And, and orgasms. I <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and cervical orgasms? Yeah. Cervical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that is a very, that's a hot, that can be a, that's like, yeah. four, that can be foreplay, that, that, that one. The sacral support, yeah. yeah. Well, that, it really helps me because I, mm. sometimes it takes me a while to get turned on and I get in my own head about it. And then that it's kind of a feedback loop that it gets harder and harder. And the sacral support practice is something, it just works for me. It gets me turned on and feeling like excited to connect sexually. Yeah, and you tease with it sometimes. You're like, let's do sacral support. And then you might not just do sacral support. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The unknown, who knows, the invitation to play. Makes it more, like, it makes it less of, like, like, it's not, it doesn't become a homework when it's like that. It's like, oh, no. there may be a treat here. <laughs> it's like home play. Yes. <laughs> Playfulness, you see, that's that whole piece. Yeah. That I want to bring in is that yeah. you get to play with each other and find the things that you love yes. that turn you on and they're different. You know, we've all got different things. So at least you can play together and experiment. Yeah. Massively. Yeah, yeah it's definitely brought that playfulness and lightness back into some of those areas like you said belinda sex and money can get a bit tense and serious it's got some of that playfulness back yeah um that's life right like mm. sex is sex is life mm. and and money is shelter and food yeah so it's, it's survival it's survival absolutely that's right yeah. that's why they that's why they yeah, yeah that's why yeah. they can yeah lighten each um, other up Belinda, can you tell us a little bit about how people can work with you? And then we have one last question. Okay. How you can work with me is by, I've got a website, which is basically 
needs a bit of an update. <laughs> um, but you can book in with me. Its best way is to just book in a call with me. Um, if, a, if you're listening and you're a woman and you're thinking, hmm, I'd, I'd be curious and I'm not sure about my partner or husband, just book in anyway because it just means you get to speak, you know, about what's going on for you and I can say, hey, look, you know, this is what I'm thinking. But I do work in six-month containers. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I work one-on-one with a couple. You really um, need that time, I think. Yeah. Six months, absolutely. I've tried smaller containers and different yeah. things, and honestly, to get that real depth. Um, and mind you, it depends where you're at in your relationship too. Yeah. I think coaches. Can... I think. Sorry. How many months was it, Belinda? What? How many months do you work in? Six. Oh, <laughs> six. I know. Look, this month. is the this is the Australian <laughs> New Zealand thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Then you'll ask me. Then you'll ask me. Dancing or dancing. Yeah. Six months. Six months. Six months. So, yeah. So, you can find me. I've got a website. I'm also got a a Facebook group called Dull and Deprived to Radiant and Thriving. I'm sure Carol will put the links in below. You can put links in Um, the episode description. But the first step is just really to have a call and talk Mm. about it and see what's not working for you and what you really do want. Um, and often that can be the hardest thing for people yeah. to do is to is to actually get that piece, that help. That's often the piece that holds everyone back. Mm. Um, and so I always say, you know, is what you're doing working for you? If it's working and you've got the best sex life and you're really happy in your relationship, that's great. But if it's not, you have to make a decision that you want something different and then you have mm. to take action yeah. somehow, one way or another. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, so helpful to get support from another person. I think I want to normalize that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, One thing I I would mention about from a male perspective of the coaching is to, I think there's a lot of stigma for men. No, there is a a lot of stigma. I don't think there is. There is a lot of stigma for men around couples therapy, divorce, all of those kind of thing. Um, we're, we're told that we're supposed to be amazing lovers and we're not told anything about sex mm. and you're supposed to be giving your partner, you know, two to three orgasms per, per sexual experience and all of these things. And I think that stigma and then also being told we have to be all of these things can make it difficult for men to want to come to the coaching mm. I think even a reframing around the coaching that it's it's about investing it's not about changing the person it's about investing in the relationship and giving from my own perspective giving some space for and it might be the woman that's not as keen but it is, I would say usually the men um giving some space for them Actually, I don't want to say men and women because this might not just be for men and women, but just giving some space for the partner that might be more reluctant in that relationship to process, to think about it, to see the pros and cons in their own mind and then let them come to a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. Thank you. Yeah. So to finish, everyone in 
your challenge in one sentence. What's one thing that you would like people to take away from this conversation? I think for me, it's that normalizing of getting support from someone else. And that's not a failure or a flaw. That's just like, dude, we need support to live life. <laughs> and that's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, I, I just reiterate the point that I made that men are often not given the tools and that's what, that's what it is. You're just not provided the toolkit sometimes. Sometimes you have a few tools missing to develop that close and intimate relationship with your partner and that there's no issue. You're not less of a man. You don't need to harden up. You're not a pussy. You're not stupid. You're somebody that could benefit from some coaching and so just some wisdom that's come from other people in a sharing in a, in a space. You're not going to be wrong in that space. And it might be that your partner doesn't have the skills as well. And it's just coming together in a synergy, not coming against each other. It's a synergistic. Is that a, that's the right word. Yeah. Mm. Synergistic experience that brings a, an elevation of the relationship. It's not about, one versus the other or you being wrong. It's about coming both together and individually mm. learning and developing and bringing openness and, and love. Beautiful. Can I say something? Yes. Of course. I just want to say thank you, um, not only for doing the coaching work with me, but for having me on this podcast. And I was just thinking to myself, what's come out of it for me is that actually the magic, the shift in someone's relationship happens the moment you both say yes. Mm -hmm. And that is often the hardest piece to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with what you were saying, Shanti, about that, you know, the whole, you know, doing therapy or couples sort of people are very sort of very very hesitant because it's almost like oh my god are we going down the divorce route or yeah. oh my god does this mean it's over oh my you know like it's it's not even about that it's that piece that you said about investing and when people decide to invest and with time and money or either or both or whatever it happens to be they are literally saying yes and they're activating something we don't actually know where it's going to go yeah but you've actually, it's like you are, it's like a huge honoring of yourself, yeah. yourself individually and you as a couple. So exactly. You get coached in sports. You get coached mm -hmm. in in school. Why not get mm -hmm. coached? Everything. You're not taught at all. There is no curriculum around managing relationships and emotional intelligence connecting with yourself there's no curriculum mm. it's just like oh that's too hard and it's a little bit edgy and mm. fringe it's, it's fucking ridiculous that it's fringe mm. but it's a bit edgy and we don't know how to give the skills for that and coaching mm. you're getting coached in something that is such a foundation mm. yeah mm. super good benefits like a lot of pleasurable benefits from it. Super, yeah. super. Lots of good sex. <laughs> Lots of great sex. and yeah. Great sex, not good sex. And, 
great sex, <laughs> great sex, right. good sex, and lots of fun and laughter and lightness. <laughs> <laughs> the bonus. This has been so fun. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you both for um, both being a part of our our couples coaching container and for having this conversation. I really hope that people listening find something from it that that lights them up with some new insight and inspiration. Can I can I do a sign off? Go for it. When you come to the well fucked wife, you will learn how to fuck better, how to relate better, and how to have a better relationship while fucking yourself in all aspects. Ooh. Well fucked wife. Come and be with us. It brings me great pleasure to imagine you out there listening to Reawakening Love and Power with Carol Ann. You can learn more about Belinda on her website, belindawiley.com, or women are encouraged to join her private Facebook group, which is called Dull and Deprived to Radiant and Thriving. I would also love to see you in my sensual self-love workshop coming up on Saturday or Friday, depending on your time zone. The link to sign up for that is in the episode description. I also don't currently work with couples myself, but I do work with women. And if you're curious about working with me in my homecoming coaching program to come home to your body and your sensual sexual nature in a gentle and trauma-aware way, you can book a free one-hour clarity call or get in touch. You can find me on my website, carolann.com.au and on Instagram at carolannealive. May this episode inspire all the ways you can find growth and healing in your own relationships. 